Greetings and welcome back to episode number 71 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today I had Amber Romero of A Creative Co., a repeat guest, if you remember her last episode. And we talked about how she pivoted from offering one-on-one services to going full into the digital product and online education space as a social media guru. Amber totally matches my energy and I just get an absolute giggle every time I get to talk to her because she's so fun and we both have about a million miles an hour. So maybe listen to this episode on like 0.5 speed. You've been warned. Enjoy. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. So enjoy the episode. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have a repeat guest today, Amber. Welcome back. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. I can't, we were just talking. I think it's been like a full year since I've been on the podcast. <laughs> Which is, is crazy because then I realized, like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing exactly the same clothes that I wore the last time I interviewed you. <laughs> it's totally fine. That's sustainability. It's like capsule wardrobe. <laughs> it totally is. It totally is. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard that episode or hasn't followed you or found you anywhere on the internet yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, who you help? and how you help them. Yes. So my name is Amber Romero and I am the owner of A Creative Co. I am a content strategist for social media managers, content creators, and small business owners. So I basically go in and help with overall social media content strategy for any of those people that I just listed. And yeah, I've, I absolutely, yeah I've, I've really found my niche on like TikTok and Instagram and things like that. So that's where you guys can find me. Same. That's how you and I originally connected. Yeah. I loved your TikTok stuff, especially how much you loved Canva because I also loved Canva. Yeah, we bonded uh, over that. <laughs> we totally did at the beginning. Um, but kind of take us back even a year ago to now because what's happened? You've done a lot of stuff. I've seen you through TikTok and Instagram and even over email set some really clear boundaries. We love a boundary to set some pivots coming up. Tell us kind of what's happened in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of rewind, you know, I started A Creative Co. three, almost four years ago now. And it first started, you know, I was freelancing, had a couple social media clients, really took this brand to the next level. And during the pandemic, when it first started in 2020, all of us kind of went crazy as small business owners. And I was very fortunate, and I understand my privilege in this, that my business grew so fast during the pandemic because everybody had to shift online. And so they needed that additional support. I ran a social media agency at the time. And so I started bringing on so many clients and employees and contractors to try and help me manage all of that. And it got to a point, I really grew this business that was always my dream. And I was absolutely miserable. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I I quickly realized that just things going on in my life, going on in my business, that I basically had to shift everything because I just wasn't happy with the work that I was doing, with how I was doing it. And it just wasn't sustainable. So I ended up at the later half of last year, slowly started weaning out my clients. And I started passing off to friends and some of my students that are part of my membership and things like that. And I was just like, all right, now is going to be the time. I really started to shift into more of that I hate this word, but for lack of a better term, thought leader, I'm really starting to shift into that and the education and speaking. And I've really, really found 
a passion there. I don't want to consider myself a coach just yet because that's not quite part of the business, but really shifted my business away from that one-on-one service model into more digital product, a little bit of consultation and strategy here, but really focusing on the education side of things. So I've absolutely loved that transition. It's been so, so fun, Uh, but that's where I am today. Getting ready to really take this business to the next level in that aspect as well. Oh my gosh. One of the most asked questions in my Facebook group is how do you quit a client? I have this as well. We're going through a huge pivot. I wrote a blog post about it in 2017 that I still share with people to this day about how to quit the client before they quit you if you're going to be changing your services. So when you were kind of cleaning house and basically saying, all right, we got to start over. Let's clean the slate. I need my time back. I need you to be better serviced by other people. Like I got to reconsider. How did you approach that conversation with your clients? Yeah. So it's, it's a tough one. It's never easy. And the best way to go about it is to give them a little precursor, a little warning, like, Hey, I'm making some big shifts in my business. Whether you do this through email, Slack, whatever your preferred method is like, Hey, I'd love to get a a call booked, whether this is brought up monthly, however you handle with your clients. But I always suggest doing a zoom or a phone call to really get your point across. And for me, it was, yeah, I had that little like, hey, we need to chat kind of email. And then we started talking about it. And it was more so a perspective of, I can no longer serve you at the capacity that I believe you need. And it's not fair because it's the truth. I was like, it's not fair to my client to say, I'm not loving what I'm doing anymore. So this is, it's a genuinely a disservice to them. And I just couldn't do that to them anymore. And I positioned it in that way, number one, because it's the truth. And number two, That is just, it was kind of a softer blow rather than I'm just ditching this. Goodbye. See you later. Uh So Uh that's the way that I approached it. And every single client was understanding. And because I also gave them some kind of transition plan, an offboarding plan, like, hey, I'm going to serve you for the next three months. I will make sure all your assets are delivered. I will help you find somebody else. Should you want my help? Things like that. So I made the transition easy on them. And it was all of my clients were very, very understanding. Some of them were like, hey, this is even mutually beneficial. We're looking to go a different route anyways. And it just seemed like the perfect timing for me and for them. So it worked out for the best. No no stressful, no unhappy clients. <laughs> Good. Yes. And it is kind of the natural evolution of business. Like yeah. I always think about this too. You're not going to have the same friend that you've always had for everything, for all things to do all the things with since like kindergarten. Like yeah. You kind of grow together and then you grow apart and then you grow back together and you grow apart, but that's kind of natural. But if you're honest and transparent and helpful yes. in that transition, then there should be no bad blood between anybody, right? Exactly. A hundred, a hundred percent. And it's like, I still cheer those clients on and I will comment on their stuff and chat with them in the DMs or even some of them. Um, I had a client who is a little bit more local to me, her and I will go grab lunch, you know? So it's like, it's no, there's no bad blood, like you said. So it's, it's been an easy transition, but I know it's not always easy. Exactly. So now your brand is doing a shift. You're going from what you said was primarily service-based work and some digital products to more heavily digital products. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, yeah, I was doing that one-on-one service model for a very, very long time. And basically at the, it was the end of 2020 that I launched the creative content lab, which was my membership for social media managers. I was basically teaching them how to run a social media agency. And I absolutely loved that. And I was like, this is great. 
I need to learn how to do more of this. Mm -hmm. So now I'm starting to shift my business into obviously growing that membership. That membership is still around, but also saying, okay, how can I provide the level of service that I was doing one-on-one in maybe a DIY format or a done-with-you format and figuring out ways that I can serve a broader audience and also no longer trade my time for dollars. That's just where I'm at in my business, in my career. I've been doing marketing for 10 years and the done for you, it's getting, it's wearing on these bones a little bit. I'm like, I'm getting tired of it kind of thing. Believe me, I still love a couple one-on-ones consultation type stuff, but the day in, day out, it's just too much now. And so I'm definitely taking that pivot into workshops Uh, memberships, courses, things like that, to be able to serve a broader audience, which is my overall goal as a business owner and as a person. And you've done this in such a smart way because now you have an existing audience. Yes. I think it's almost harder to go straight to market with a ton of products because you don't have a demand. So it's so funny because I actually just got an email um, from someone. I was part of this conference in San Diego called Fuck Up Nights. Have you heard this? I haven't heard okay. of it. That's amazing. <laughs> so, so fuck up nights is you have to tell a story of something that you fucked up. Yeah. And basically there has to be a learning lesson. And then you basically wrap the whole thing with, and now I'm doing X, Y, Z. So when I went to Bali actually was when I pitched the co-working space dojo on you guys should host a fuck up night because it's like this whole structure. And it's super impressive to hear, oh, I started this company and I got all this funding and I'm this startup and that startup. Like, yeah, that's super motivating. But like, I learn more from people who made huge mistakes. So mine was in 2017 with two friends of mine, we wrote a small business startup guide that was three chapters. It was like planning, legal, and branding. So obviously I wrote the branding part and we priced it at like $127. Okay. We spent like eight months writing it. We paid an editor, we paid for a photo shoot, and then we launched and we sold zero. Wow. <laughs> Literally what? zero. We, we stuck, a, we stuck around long enough. We did one as a giveaway. We stuck around long enough to break even basically on our initial investment. And then I basically had to say like, I don't want to do this with you guys. Like I was doing so much work as well because as the branding and marketing person, like, yeah, okay. Everybody writes a third of the book, but, but then, then you like promote it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I cannot be doing this. Like I'm, this is such an energy suck to split 33 and a third of the profit. So it was crazy because that was like my big thing is I was so brainwashed to think like digital product, blah, 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 blah. but like I didn't have, there wasn't a need yet. Yeah. Not to say that the information wasn't good. The information was super valid, but there was no audience. So talk about that. You've got an audience now. How do you feel like that's going to change how you launch things in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So even with an audience, the size that I have, you know, a lot of people think, okay, you can just put something out there and people are going to buy it. And that's, that's still not the case. Like, yes, the audience does help, but I'm going to be honest. I just did a recent like relaunch, like kind of a, you know, let's, let's get some more members into the creative content lab traditionally Instagram and TikTok would have brought in a lot more for me. Um, but this time it was email marketing. So it's like just using those different components. Um, you know, you can't just go out and launch something. And, um, you know, now my approach, for instance, I do have a content, 
uh, system course that's going to be coming out later this year, I'm going to test it out with paid workshops first and see if those paid workshops even catch interest. And it'll also help me shape that curriculum. So I'm not doing like a free masterclass. I might do like a $27 workshop. I know you've done some workshops as well. And that can really gear my course in a way that I know people are going to buy it. And I know I'm giving them the information and the value that they so want rather than just injecting what I think is really cool, uh, you know, and just trying to sell myself on that. So that's kind of, that's going to be my approach moving forward as well. It's just either doing some kind of paid workshop or some kind of beta program to still make sure that, you know, I could sell to my TikTok audience or my combined TikTok and Instagram audience is around 200,000 people. And you know, everybody's like, that's such a big number. And I'm like, well, when it comes to converting, I still need to make sure that I have something that will, they want to buy. Otherwise there's no point kind of Totally. Thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's this paradox of someone may enjoy your content, but never make it through your funnel. Yeah. Very, very true. Right? Like they may very, very, very much enjoy your content, but they are not in the position to buy. And it's about that long-term nurture. It's the same thing with me and my workshops. I make workshops based on what people consistently ask me questions about. Exactly. So I've got the Facebook group, I've got my social, I've got my business that I'm running. And if I find that five, six, seven, eight, nine people have all asked me the same thing, how do you do X, Y, Z? Be like, okay, I should just make this a workshop. Exactly. But my whole thing is like, how does the work, how do the workshops evolve into some kind of membership situation? Yes. Exactly. Because if someone bought a workshop and they were blown away by the quality of the workshop, they're a much easier sell than to someone who's never heard of me before. Hundred percent. And the good thing about doing these workshops, or however you want to present this information, do your market research, things like that. Now you have testimonials for a course that you've never created yet because they've gone through some sort of process with you. So I would love to do a couple quick mini workshops. You know, again, sell them for low ticket offers. See how people like them. See what transformation they're getting, and then use that in my marketing for a much more expensive course later Mm -hmm. on down the road. So Mm -hmm. not only am I building that social proof, yes, I'm going to have somebody that's going to be easier to sell to, but then I can also sell to that cold audience as well, even if they didn't purchase that workshop because I have such valuable information and testimonials and things like that as well. I think we're totally on a renaissance of email marketing. Yes. Yeah. Are you feeling this too? Where I... I mean, I fell victim 2016, 2017 to the Jenna Kutcher podcast of your email list, your email list, your email list, your email list. I did not follow through in that the offer to build your email list should then be driving towards a funnel to then sell the thing to the relevant person. So I amassed an email list because I just kept making freebies. Yes. <laughs> I was like, here, have this for free, have this for free, have this for free. Yep. I didn't segment anyone. I didn't tag anyone. I didn't put anybody in a bucket that they were supposed to be in. And now all of a sudden I've got 2000 people on an email list that I have not catered to. Yes. In so long that it's almost embarrassing. Nope, I get it. I'm I'm also in that kind of coming out of that as well because it was the same for me. My business grew so fast that I'm like, email marketing was not a priority for me and it's finally becoming one. And again, yep. you know, going back to that launch that I just had, it was one of my biggest sellers and I really didn't put that much behind the campaign. And I was like, could you imagine if I dumped some more money into this and really, you know, that's my next biggest goal is to really figure out the whole email marketing thing because- everybody's kind of sick and tired of social media right now. And I think we're on that precipice that it's like email is still very, very powerful. Because email is the thing that no one will ever delete. No one is ever going to take a break from email. That's that's not going to (laughs) happen. So if you can get people where they're at, and I think text message marketing right now is huge. Yep. Um, But marketing, let's just even talk about how it's changed in the last year. 
since yeah. the last time we talked. I mean, I got TikTok Ooh. stories literally yeah. yesterday. Oh, I've had yesterday. them for like two weeks now. I think they're obnoxious, but you Are know. Are they? Okay. I, hot I take. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's my hot take, hot opinion, because my thing with the TikTok stories, um, where Instagram still has a leg up on stories, I think, is that it's almost its own standalone feed. And there are so many options that you can use in stories, polls, stickers, links. Um, You can save them to a highlight. Right now on TikTok, it is exactly like a video that you're posting in your feed or on your profile. And I'm like, I'd rather be on my profile. Uh, Yeah, if I'm going to make the effort to make the video, I want it to stay on there. That's kind of the point. And the stories show up on the For You page or on the following page just like they would any other video that you're saying. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. We'll see how this goes, but I'm not a huge fan yet. We'll see. I think it could be effective. And I've just been kind of spitballing with my sister, like, okay, how could we use this? So she's a wedding planner. She's planning this huge wedding this weekend in Texas with a 40 foot floral archway, like tunnel, a tunnel, floral tunnel. And the whole wedding is like butterfly secret garden. They're bringing in 20 trees, all like crazy. And I told her, I said, maybe you use TikTok stories to do things before you've cut together the video. Yeah. Like I think that the stories is there to kind of be a spend the day with me vlog style content like you would on Instagram where maybe you're not ready to cut together that end piece of content, but you want to drip it slowly. Yeah. I could totally what do you think see about that? that. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see it in that aspect. And the good thing, because I, I did play around with stories, and the first story that I posted, I said, hey, where are you guys seeing this? How are you liking it? Can you please interact with it? And I got some good insight and some market research there. Some people, I would say, I would say 50-50 showed up on the For You page and showed up in the following. Um, but that is predominantly where I saw people coming from, rather than you can also go onto somebody's profile and click on their profile image like you would on right. Instagram, things like that. So nobody was actually going to my profile, anything like that. It was either, it was 50-50 following or For You page. And I think it'll be more interesting to see the difference there, because if they're looking at it on the following, we know, okay, they're already engaged with me. Those are maybe the people since they're already following me, they're more likely to comment and want to stay tuned for, like you said, your sister's doing the behind the scenes right. potentially. They're going to be invested in that and then come back to your sister's profile and say, hey, oh, wow, that's the thing that I watch. Whereas on the For You page, that person might watch it one or two times, might not follow you, and then what? It's gone. Yep. You know, that That's where I think it's going to be a little weird and interesting. So to be determined, but I'm not a fan yet. (laughs) Yeah. I just haven't seen enough use cases for it. I think because I'm very much the same way. I love like pulling back the curtain, showing the process that's been my lives on TikTok and showing how I design a logo on live so that when I do post it, you know, a month later, people say, Oh my gosh, this turned out so cool. I remember watching you when you just started it and it looks like a mess. And then here's the transformation. Right. Um, but it's interesting just even how our strategy has shifted in the kind of content we make. So the big shift from my agency is we all had, you know, Instagram and TikTok creation contracts. And now I've kind of wiped the slate clean on that and told the clients like, listen, come to us for your video content. Yep. Like, I don't want to make stories, graphics or carousel graphics anymore. No, I don't want to make memes. I just want to make video content that connects with people. Yes. Because the hilarious thing is 10 years ago when I was in college, I was a video major. There and now it go. all comes full circle. <laughs> it's so funny how that works. I'm like, things and just come all back. comes back around. <laughs> it does. Um, but yeah. it does. It's it's really interesting. Talk to us about the difference between the kind of content you were making a year ago and the kind of content you're making now. Yeah. So I used to on Instagram have a pretty good balance of video, photo, carousel, graphic, and I would very much diversify that. Now 
there is such a heavy presence on video and I'm definitely structuring my content strategy in that way. Yes, I'm still adding in those graphics. Yes, I'm still adding in those memes and things like that. They're not performing as high. And I still want to encourage people, if you want to spend, listen, this is my this is my career, this is my business, this is my job. I post a ridiculous amount. I have a lot of content out there and I don't suggest this for every social media or small business owner. Um, but you know, what I look at, anytime I post like a graphic or a carousel, the performance and the engagement of it is just tanking. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give this misconception of, oh, we should only care about engagement. No, there have been a couple of posts that I know are my tried and true that bring sales in for me. Yeah, I might only get 100 likes, but I might get a sale or two. But I've shifted so heavily towards video content just because of TikTok and, and reels and things like that. And now it's even more so the videos that used to work for me no longer work for me as well. And because people are starting to get either overwhelmed with the nature of it, they want to be more entertained. At least that's what I've noticed for my niche is people are wanting more entertainment. And that's not necessarily me jumping and pointing and dancing and doing all these things, but jumping more on those trending audios or those sounds and correlating it back to my business. So even my talking head tutorial videos don't perform as high as they used to. Uh, So we're having to start to shift our content strategy, even as content strategists. So it's it's been interesting to see. And I haven't found the perfect formula again yet because I'm still in the middle of that shift of figuring out what's working. And right now, I was going to say the one thing that I have not tested out yet is more storytelling on TikTok because I've noticed more people are moving into that. And before, everybody hated that. And I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. But sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off there. (laughs) Oh, you are not cutting me off. You're literally just talking right out of my brain. I have this conversation with my mom and my sister, both business owners. My mom owns an interior design company. Shout out Savvy Interiors. My (laughs) sister has Dallas Wedding Planner, Sistered States. And she's talking, she keeps saying from her For You page perspective, she's got 130-ish thousand on TikTok. And she says, my market is saturated because now every single girly that gets engaged thinks that they can sell wedding planning guides. And she's like, I'm a wedding planner. I'm literally planning my 50th wedding and nobody wants to buy my resources because they're just going to buy it from the girl that they've been following for the last eight months. And I said, but you can't compete with her because you're offering something else. So it feels like market saturation. How many people have done brand design in 60 seconds videos now? So many. I'm like, I, I see them and I'm like, I know you were first to market, but that's all we see now. <laughs> that I cannot be upset by that. I yeah. cannot let that be the reason why I don't try new types of content on TikTok. Because what do I do have on my on my side now? Uh, experience. Eight years experience. Yes. Okay, let's lean into it. You want to see the last 500 logos I've designed? Here you go. Like that says way more about the volume of work that I've done because somebody who designs a brand yesterday could totally make a brand design video in 60 seconds. No problem. Yeah, exactly. And they can have success with it and they should like, hell yeah, come join, join the space. But like now my value add to the TikTok space is not look what I can do. It's look how many times I've done this thing that I can do so well. Yes. I agree 120% because I'm in the same boat. You've heard me say it a million times, uh, Canva tips, tricks, and hacks. I literally mm-hmm. heard another content creator say that. And I'm like, that is so specific to who I am and my voice. And then I heard somebody else say it. And I was like, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. But I was like, good for them. Um, yeah. you know, I've seen other creators literally copy my videos word for word. And I'm like, good for them. Let them have it. And yes, yeah, so I'm having to start to shift my narrative as well. It's like, okay, I was known as this person who gave you so much advice, gave you all the tips and tricks and hacks and whatever. And now I'm like, I'm pivoting since I'm pivoting my business. I'm also pivoting my content strategy of like, 
I've been in the marketing industry for 10 years. My background is going to look different from the next marketer over. And you might resonate more with me because I like to say, fuck, you know, like who yeah, knows? Exactly. You know? So it's exactly. more so, I think my shift in content here soon, I've already started to play around with this, is more my story, who I am, why you would want to work with me or purchase from me, and not necessarily here's all the things I can do for you for free. Here's my freebies. Here's my ch- tips and things like that. This is where I think people are making a mistake. But first, I have to mentally note this to myself so that I can come back to the podcast and edit it. But I'm going to totally take where you say, because I like to say fuck. And I'm going to take that sound. It's like, what's your favorite cuss word? Probably fuck. Yes, I love that sound so much. I the remix one? I was yes. like, we need to do a little like dancing like us. Absolutely. <laughs> Please. It's so good. But it's like, you know, things like that resonate with people. And totally. Or it repels people. I'm like, good, get them, get them out of here. I don't need them kind of thing. Totally. Totally. But I think this, like this new chapter of your content 2.0 is from my perspective, it's positioning yourself, like you said, as a thought leader, even doing like formats like this, where we have the headphones on, we got the microphone. Like this isn't something that I'm just like casually filming out of my phone because I'm also framing it in the context of this is something I know how to talk about on a regular basis. Yes. There's a lot of credibility in that. There you know? is. Yeah. And I'm going to take this. Uh, I know Shine with Natasha. Natasha, she yes. says this a lot. And she has a lot of content around this right now. Is It's like, this is our stage. Um, mm-hmm. So going out and especially if you're wanting to promote yourself as a coach and a content creator and a thought leader and educator, whatever that looks like, putting yourself out. You know, I talk about this all day long. I've been on like three podcasts this week just to talk about content strategy. And it's like, I completely agree with you there that it's like my content is starting to shift. And, you know, and necessarily those tips, tricks, and hacks aren't going to work for me anymore. I'm going to let the newbie come on up. All of a sudden, you saw the tips, tricks, and hacks girl public speaking on a TEDx stage. Exactly. That's where I can see your content going. Yeah, You're like, holy shit, I remember when that girl was just like doing the easy videos. Yep. But I think people are missing the opportunity to actually sell their high-ticket offer on TikTok. I think so too. And that's what I'm starting to try and figure out as well. It's tough. I'm not going to lie because you know, everybody leans into the fact that TikTok is a younger platform. TikTok, you know, doesn't have anybody serious. And I said, that's not true anymore. That may have been, I may have believed you a year ago, but now so many people are on TikTok and yes, it's, it's definitely gears itself more towards brand awareness, top of the funnel, but you never know who that person is that's watching. And, and the other thing too, that I really want to note about TikTok is that you could have a video, get 10,000 views on Monday. You can have another video get 5,000 views from completely different people on Tuesday. And that we've never seen before. And again, so you might be thinking like, oh, you know, because on Instagram, most of the people that are interacting with your content follow you. That's just the mm-hmm. nature of Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. TikTok, you have this expansion of getting people into the top of your funnel all the way through to purchasing your higher ticket offers, which is absolutely insane. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it's going to be interesting to see the shift in content because I'm still trying to figure it out if I'm being honest. You know? Same. I think JT yeah. Barnett, I believe yes. his handle is JT Barnett, yes. spoke to this really well recently where he said, you're never going to get this amount of reach of exposure so quickly. So, um, so to show, that's where I'm telling my clients, like, show them your best stuff. Yeah. Don't show them the little thing. Don't show them the, here's the free thing. Here's the $5 thing. Here's the 20, 30, $40 thing. No, no, exactly. no. Hit them with the, this is my $500,000 remodel project. This yes. is the $180,000 wedding I planned. Like show them the big stuff. And for me, that's branding. And I tell you like 70% of my clients that come to my contact form, find me on TikTok. 
And of those, they're very qualified leads and they all have budgets starting at $5,000 and above because that is our minimum. So like, I don't think you have to consider TikTok just because it's perceived to be more casual or perceived to be younger. Don't assume that your ideal client isn't there because they are. They are. They totally are. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to make very like snackable content. But like, I want to serve them the whole damn meal. Yeah. Oh no. I completely agree with you. I'm like getting ready to prepare for that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to start talking about my story, my background, my unique value proposition, like why you want to buy from me over, you know, all the other millions of social media um, professionals out there. There's something I've been dying to tell you about, and it's something that I'm keeping on the hush hush. So like, don't tell everybody. Okay. One of the things I notice with our brand design clients is that they go through the brand design process and they get all their new logos, fonts, colors, patterns, icons, everything. And then they're not totally sure how they're supposed to be using them on social media. Enter the one-on-one Kiss My Assets Canva Sprint Day. I know that's a mouthful. Stay with me. Basically, this is a three-hour session with me that is part assets, part strategy, part clarity, and low-key Canva training on how to use all of your brand elements together to make templates that you can then DIY for your biz. So think post templates, stories, graphics, email graphics, anything that you are going to be making on a regular basis on behalf of your business, we can create them together in a three-hour sprint inside your Canva account. You can walk away with those templates right at the end of the session and put them straight to use. These can be booked on my website. There are only a limited number of spots per month to book the one-on-one day. And the link that you're going to want to look for is mkwcreative.co slash kissmyassets. That's mkwcreative.co slash kiss, K-I-S-S, my assets, A-S-S-E-T-S. Get it? Like social assets. Kiss my ass. You know, we're being funny. We're a little cheeky. Uh, But the plan here is to really create as much content for you as we possibly can so that you can go out there and DIY your brand in the best bragworthy version of what you envision for your business and really kind of get those clients rolling in. Check that out. Book it online. You can book it anytime. There are a limited number of spots per month. So if I were you, I'd get on it sooner rather than later. Back to the episode. You know who's doing this so brilliantly right now is Michaela. Michaela Nagara. Oh my God. I love her. Her content, same, right? Her content evolution has been so fun to watch and to hear her talk about these like deeply personal, deeply transformative, like she bought a Chanel bag. I watch all of her videos like I know, me too. Over and over and over again. Like (laughs) her telling the story of why it wasn't just about buying a bag, but it was that she's been obsessed with Chanel since she was eight. This is the storytelling that like you literally can't pay for because now I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I kind of had that too. Like I had a Parisian themed room and had a Coco Chanel poster and like I resonate with that, right? And this kind of word of mouth, the fact that we're even talking about it now and you even know what I'm talking about speaks volumes to her reach. Yeah, and I was like, her niche too. The the crazy thing is like, I, um, I'm not very good at makeup, but I will buy anything she tells Same. me to buy. I don't know how to do a cut crease. I don't know how to do any of the shit. I will no. watch all of her videos. And we the do. other girl who, the other one I watch all of her videos is the woman who recaps and it kills me. I don't know her handle name. She recaps all of the history of all of the tributaries, the rivers, the lakes, the ponds of the oh, whole I don't world. Know that one, but that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. So I just like, I find myself just like, I'm just fascinated by this. Like this is so great. And also the woman that predicts influencer baby names. 
Oh, that's hilarious. I have not oh, seen that yeah. one either. Okay, oh my gosh. Well, if I find them, I'll send them to you because yes, like these please. are the pieces of content that stick out in my brain. Like that's I have no crazy. idea how many followers they have. I don't even know their names, but like I can tell you I've watched every single one of her freaking videos. Yep. And she basically goes and goes and does a deep dive on their Instagram. And she's like, well, we know that this person is a Mormon mommy blogger and they like names <gasps> like Kaden, Amden, Brandon, da, 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 da. So their baby is due in June and they all have birthstone middle names. So if this is that, 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 and she like wraps it. That's incredible. So cool. Yeah. So cool. The other one, just to kind of jump on this, I don't know if this kid has a business or anything like that, but he, you will comment on his videos telling him how he can get a picture of himself. It's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Have you seen this guy? But he, so you can be like, okay, hey, find a connection between you and Pablo Escobar. And he will like, he's like, here's a picture of me and who knows, like whoever this person is. And then he'll find a picture of that person and that person together and find his way all the way through to somehow connecting himself to Pablo Escobar through pictures. Like it's insane. And I'm like, and you can list that. Yes, it's so good, but it's like, he's never failed either. So it's like all this fun, interesting storytelling that we need to start figuring out how to do for our businesses as well. Yes. No. And I think to relate it back to that, because I love even that we had enough shared, like we're two people in very similar positions, right? Our for you page probably looks, I would say 60, 70% similar. And there's probably like 30% margin of difference. Um, but the fact that we knew similar people, but then we each just gave an example of two people that the other person didn't know of crazy. What other platform do you know like that? Exactly. And that, think about it this way, quick soundbite here. That could be you. You could be that person that other people are talking about on podcasts. Like that is insane and blows my mind. Um, Whether it's all good, maybe sometimes it's good, maybe sometimes it's bad, but at least maybe, you know, you're making a memorable brand for yourself and you're known for something specific, which I think is where I need to start shifting my content. I was Canva queen and now I'm like, no, I want to be everybody's go-to content strategist. How can I reframe that and shift that? So I think that's where I'm at in my journey. Yeah. And when I think of your brand, I think that your Canva tips, tricks, and hacks was more about being, there's a very practical angle. Yes. Like I think of you as being like a realist and being like, a, am going to show you that like, this isn't as hard as you're making it to be for yourself. Yeah. And that's very similar in my content as well. But like, I like myself to be a little more magical. <laughs> I know you definitely, you put the sparkle and magic and I'm like, um, here it is. Like here, you're like, you here's the stuff. This. this is the thing. And, well, and I tell people, one of the things that I, I say to people is like, you can figure out exactly what I do and how I do it. If you looked at all my content, like you, I, yes. I give you my business paid or Completely. free, whatever. If you looked at everything, you could figure out how I do what I do. Like, so I give away every single little thing. So I am the practical systems approach to this creative world. And then you have your fun little sparkle, which I very much appreciate because my brain doesn't work in that way. (laughs) Yeah. But I think what we're saying here is like lean into the things that you have that make you, you, which sounds so corny and so Mm -hmm. contrived. And so like, just be unique. I hate that advice, but it's so true because there's a million brand designers out there that do work that looks just like mine. And that look is better than mine, to be honest. And probably they're probably cheaper than me too. Like there are, I know that exists. So as we're all going to this era where it's like content, 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 like don't just make for the sake of throwing stuff out there, but do the thing that's most authentic to you, regardless of the viewership, regardless of the reach. Someone had this great TikTok this last week that said, she, she's like, I had two videos go viral this last week. They both got 2 million views. She goes, and that's great, but it's kind of like getting a Tesla, but there's like a turd smeared across the backseat. Yes, it's so true. It's because she's like, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that wouldn't take the Tesla, but you'd be like, oh, 
<laughs> no, there's quit. Like, like, oh, but still, yeah, it's still it. shit. There's yes. still shit in there. It's funny. I've actually created content around this specific topic. I have a whole YouTube video about why you don't want to go viral sometimes. Like it comes with a lot more headaches than you think. And get a lot of trolls and you get a lot of craziness. But yeah, it's it's true that, you know, I it'll be interesting to also see the level of virality that people are going to get yeah. as more people jump on TikTok. You know, we're not seeing, at least for me, I know that my viral videos that have those million views, half a million views, I don't think we're going to have, it's not going to be as easy anymore. It no. definitely won't. And that's not TikTok's fault. Everybody always jumps. It's the algorithm. I said, no, it's simple math. Double the amount of people are now on TikTok. So supply and to- demand. Exactly. So it's there's not way be more easy. supply. Mm-hmm. There's way more supply. There's more demand, but now there's way there's more, more supply. supply. Yes, hundred percent, absolutely. But also, does it matter to get to hit two million views if you land two twenty thousand dollars clients? Like, yeah, not really. No, who cares? I was like, I right? would much rather you have maybe ten thousand views on your video and hit that goal. Because I'm totally. telling you, the management of that piece of content, there's so much that comes behind a viral TikTok video. And it's like, we got to raise those curtains. I'm telling you, the trolls will affect your mental health. And I'm a tough cookie, but sometimes I'm like, shut yeah. up. Just please yeah. shut up. Then there's like, you get all the DMs, all the emails of people wanting to work with you. And they didn't even go and look at your profile. Do you know how I get pitched by brands who yes. haven't even looked at my profile? And they're like, hey, would you like a water bottle for your cat? And I'm like, if you look for two seconds, I have a dog. You know, things right. like that. Right. You know, it's, there's a lot of this stuff. And it's like, yes, this is all great. Same thing, like you said. It's awesome to have a Tesla. But if you don't have anywhere to charge it, if you don't have the space for it, like mm-hmm. what, what value is it going to give you? That kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So true. I went in on, and I shared this on my TikTok as well. And we talked about it a few podcast episodes back. Somebody who just uh, hit me up in my live stream saying, are you hiring? I want a remote job. I get those all the time too. And then you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not how time. this goes. So again, like pandemic happens, both of our businesses kind of t- take off. I mean, mine definitely did. Mine, mine transformed did because of TikTok. Yep. Um, and, and things went from a very like professional space pre-COVID where like you, I was the only one of my friends that worked remotely. And my yeah. friends thought it was so weird. That, oh my so God, you, you work from home? Gross. You work from home? Yes. That's why I was bored. And I was like, no, this is great. No, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so you, we went from that to the pendulum swinging the other way to now I kind of need the pendulum to go back to like, I think we're going to see a division between the people that are professional and the people that yes. aren't professional uh-huh. because there's something to be said about like, there's still, you still need to conduct yourself with the energy, especially in a service or product-based business of if you're just creating things for the sake of creation, like you're not really helping yourself. Yeah. Do you know so what I mean? True. Yeah. I'm absolutely. ready for things to kind of like course correct and come back to yes, a like, little more professional. Yeah. No, I totally get it because, and I have a lot of people that'll come to me for consultation or just questions in my DM too. And I'm like, I'll go and look at their profile on TikTok, Instagram, whatever that looks like, just to bring in this professional aspect. And they're like, oh my God, I had viral videos. I'm doing, I'm following all your tips and tricks and all this stuff, but I'm not making sales. And I'm like, well, you're not promoting your business. You know, Mm -hmm. there's still that level of professionalism that I think we've gotten away from that people are scared to then go and say, here's a a reel that's, you know, it's still fun and trending, but I'm going to promote my business at the end. I'm going to have a call to action at the end. And I'm like, you're missing that component. And again, you're going to be discouraged if it doesn't perform as high. But when you see those dollar bills come in, you're not going to be discouraged anymore. (laughs) You know, so that's where I can see that sense of professionalism. We need to swing it back in for sure. It's like, it's okay to still promote yourself. You know, it's okay. 
Right. It is. And there's a way to do it in a way that doesn't feel yucky if you believe in what you're saying. Like if you believe in it and you, and I'm talking about this with my client, same skin, love her to death, Michelle Bombay to Brooklyn. She's amazing. Um, But I think she felt like a personal sense of guilt trying to like sell her own idea. Yeah. And I said, just you holding space for this community, the business is, it's a digital storytelling platform for BIPOC entrepreneurs and BIPOC women to tell their stories of grief or hardship or um, success or failure or whatever. But basically she just wanted to create an open room where anyone could be welcome because we are of the same skin. Yes. And I was like, I love this mission. And I think she felt and I don't mean to put words in her mouth, but what she's kind of expressed to me is like, she felt badly about trying to charge people any money to be a part of that. Yeah. And I said, if that's the case, be a nonprofit, but like yeah. you worked too hard at this for it to not be a for-profit business. Exactly. So give people an opportunity to invest in you. you exactly. People give are- Give it to them. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard because it's like right now we are, I would say in the last six months, we are in this season of pump out more content, give, 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 give. And I'm like, you can still give. And this is like, again, I I feel like sometimes I feel like a coach or a therapist when people come to me with these questions, but I'm like, you can't give stuff for free if you're not making money. So literally, literally money in, and then you can still serve that community that might not buy from you, but you still need to have a business. Otherwise this is an expensive ass hobby. And again, you're not going to be making money. And In order to make the money that you need to make, we can't feel guilty about it. And again, there's so much that goes into this, but you can take that money and do more powerful things. Serve that community, give those freebies, whatever that looks like. Because money money is just an abstract way to exchange energy. Yes. Yep. And if you think about it that way, then it doesn't feel yucky because it's like, okay, I'm taking in energy and I'm expending energy. And we talked about this. It sounds woo-woo, but it's very true. It's true. It's true. We talked about it with Michelle of Holisticism. She's a great TikTok account, but she talked about a, you have to think of your business as its own entity and it needs to have degenerative and regenerative actions. Yes. So it needs to regenerate as much as it outputs. So if you're constantly in output and you never recharge that battery, you never regenerate the funds, you never regenerate the operating anythings, then you're, you're just going to be left with nothing, crumbs. Yeah, exactly. And then you cannot serve that community that you so much want to serve. Like it's the the cycle of it, the wheel of it. And I think we get stuck in that again with these last six months in content to wrap this back into content that everybody thinks they just need to give away everything. And I am all about that. I will give you as much, but I'm also going to promote the hell out of myself to again, fund my business, fuel my business, fuel my career so that I can do that. Um, and most of the time my people are like, you need to charge more for this. You need to do more and I will pay for more, that kind of thing. And that's so refreshing and rewarding to know that my community is still there for me as well. When I do want to promote myself. To put it on the flip side, the other thing I've kind of been expressing to my team and talking with my mom and my sister and like people that own businesses is like, I am so happy to pay my team Yes, to take on more responsibility. Yeah. I was like, you come to me and say, I want to learn more. Hey, Michelle, I noticed we're not doing XYZ or, Hey, I'd love to get experience doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think there's also a mentality and I think it's left over from corporate of a, I've been doing this long enough. Therefore now I charge more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not how that works. Yeah. It's prove your worth, show your results, make deliver on your promise, over deliver. Yep. But then then that justifies a raise in price or based on demand, et cetera. Yep. But I have even on on my roster, like 
I have clients that I will go to the ends of the earth for. Yes. And I like never, I, I get to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to charge them a dollar for this because I, I just want to do it so bad. Just, yes. I just want, I just want to do it so bad. I and get so, it. but now it's a thing of like, they're seeing me grow. And I'm like, yeah, this is what we're doing for all our other clients. Wink, wink. Like in yeah, case you want to like up your package <laughs> exactly. and then they do. And then yes. they do because they're like, wait a second. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We like what you're doing. Can we do that? Exactly. Like, okay, yes, please, please. Yep. Do you 100%. have that experience? Yeah, for sure. So especially when we saw the shift a couple years ago, um, my clients, the video marketing thing, again, obviously this became very prevalent in the last couple of years. I would test things out with them and be like, okay, um, I can do a little bit for you for free, but if this works and you want to continue doing it, I am going to charge more. So yes, it's not necessarily showing your value, but I have up-leveled and taken my skills to another level. And if you're going to benefit from it, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for it. Not unfortunately. Not unfortunately. Fortunately Fortunately for you. Fortunately for you, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if the things I make for you crush... Yes. Then like, yeah, you're going to make, gonna make more. more money. Exactly. And then yeah. I'm going to make more and then you're going to make yep. more. And then I, that's how that goes. Yes. Well, and then the other thing too, is it's like, I did have a little bit of um, pushback from one person. It's always, there's always one troll. I was raising my price for my membership. When I first launched it, it was a $97 lifetime access and it was 29 a month, 35 a month. And now it's $49 a month. And they're like, well, can I please have it when you marketed it back six months ago? And no, that's not how this works. Number one. Nope. Number two, the value that I've put into that membership, there are 10 more lessons in there. I am now doing four monthly lives. Whereas before it used to just be one. I'm like, there is more value there. I'm not just raising the price because I want to make more money. Yes, that is also part of it, but I'm investing more time, money, and energy into this as well. So yeah, it, it happens. But their return is higher. It's not yes. even about what you put into it. What they're going to get out of it is now better. Exactly. exactly. And when you're a designer and you're a service-based business owner or you're a creative like yourself or a strategist, like people will pay the difference to have things even just run smoothly. Yes, I will. I know I will like, for instance, oh, it gets me all the time. I'll give you a perfect antidote. Today I did invest in a workshop and I was like, she had an upsell at the end. Here's some email templates to go along with the thing that you're learning how to do. And I said, sold, I will, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's going to make my life so much easier. I can then pass it off. You know, I can fill out whatever I need to pass it off to a copywriter, pass it off to an email marketer to get an approval. But I'm like, that's going to make my life so much easier. And that's kind of what I've done with my membership too, is it's like, I'm giving you templates. I'm giving you the process. I'm giving you the systems. And I'm like, your life you're going to save about 40 hours of your week because you're able to tap into these resources. So yeah, I, I will pay for it as well. And it's experience building. I mean, think about the difference between let's take two restaurants. For example, I'm in San Diego. I love tacos. The tacos at the taco cart, delicious, right? But they're on a styrofoam plate and you pull a number and the guy doesn't look you in the eye and whatever. And it's kind (laughs) of chaos and it's loud and trucks are whizzing by whatever. Let's say it's like $10 Yes. versus going to Like I like Javier's fancy. (laughs) This is like the fancy Mexican food place. Yes. Beautiful. Ambiance, 100. Candles everywhere. Huge chandelier. Giant bar table. Are the tacos as good as the taco cart? No. No, they're not. No. Are they (laughs) worth $37? No. No. But that's not what I'm paying for. Yeah, you're like, I'm paying for the vibes. I'm paying for the whole experience, (laughs) the vibes, everything. And not only are you paying for the experience, you're paying for the who's everyone else in this room right now? Yes. 
And I think people forget that when they hire service-based professionals, because it's when you hire me to do your brand, it's not just what you're getting out of me doing your brand. It's that I have an open door to all these people that you might be interested in knowing as well. Yes. hundred percent. You never the know podcast. who the person's connected to. Yes. Or absolutely. any of that. So like there is a buy-in at that level. And that oh, yeah. does, that's not a bottom of the barrel pricing kind of thing because I want to work with brands that are at this echelon. Yes. Right. Yep. It is crazy. But even like networks like this, like through us connecting over the podcast, yeah. like it is so wild how connected people are. I don't even know if this is like a question at all. It's just yeah. kind of an observation, <laughs> yes. but like you're planting the seeds that you don't even know what's going to grow out of them. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's like, we were kind of talking about this before we even jumped on to mm-hmm. record. It's like, we know all the same people too. Like we've kind of formed this weird little marketing, um, I don't know. We just like know so many of the same people. So we're we're all part of the Illuminati. Yes, the marketing basically. Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to join? It'll be five thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. But yeah. It's just because we have all connected in some way or another through business, through TikTks, through the podcast, and it's just like I don't know. This little girl. What do we call it? One time, like little girl gang is like totally. Yes. But also, like in an alternate universe where the internet didn't exist. Would yeah. we not have all found each other at the same oh, conference anyway? We, I was going to say, we totally would have. You know we would have. We would have vibed together because we would have been at the same taco restaurant drinking margaritas. Exactly. <laughs> and those are your people. And so I think yeah. people get so discouraged with online marketing and they get yeah. so discouraged with promoting themselves or selling themselves online. And it's like, you just need to go where your people are because yeah. like, you can't try to please all the people all the time because that's a mess. But like, I always put myself in like, if this were an, a real life example where mm-hmm. I was walking into some, you know, maybe it's okay. We'll, we'll pretend that women had rights for all of history, but <laughs> yes. um, if it's the sixties mad men style, and there's some kind of advertising conference, like I would be going to your guys' talks anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Oh yeah. It's I totally so get crazy it. to think about that because if all the internet stuff were to go away tomorrow, how about, this is a great question, actually, if the internet as we know it, were to just like disappear overnight and everyone had complete amnesia, what would you be doing for a job? Ooh, that's a good question. I would still be, because this is, and this is, again, we're going to loop this back into things we've talked about. My unique value proposition is that I am both, I'm very left brain and right brain. I feel like I'm 50% both. Um, so I would still find myself in some sort of marketing capacity. Obviously it wouldn't be digital. Um, you, you brought up Mad Men. I was like, that would so be me. I would probably be that woman in the boardroom, like really pushing my way through, even though I wasn't allowed. Kind of thing. Same. Um, but then I also bring that systems analytics and process. So I could see myself still working. Marketing fits me so well. So I don't know what that would look like without the internet. Uh, which is funny. Cause I even studied traditional marketing in school. Cause I went to college a long time ago and we didn't even learn about social media marketing was a thing when I was in school. And that's not what I learned about. So, you know, just learning the research aspects of it and the math behind it, but also bringing that creative side. I, th- I think I would still be in marketing. I was like, I, I, think, I, I think I would, I would too. Yeah. 100%. I think I would too. Except like when I have to write a strongly worded email, I tell myself like, oh, I could totally have been a lawyer. <laughs> oh, yes. I was going to say, I, I definitely have a way with words sometimes. And I'm like, 
Mm, not a lawyer necessarily. I could no. have been some kind of amazing executive assistant. <laughs> yes. Like, I was like, I could, I would definitely kill it there for sure. <laughs> yes. 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 Yep. No, it's so interesting. Okay. So let's talk because you're, you're very privy to the Gen Z TikTok generation. Yep. And I don't get to talk this that often with a lot of people, but what do you think are Gen Z's greatest strengths and greatest weaknesses as they enter the workforce? Yeah. So I think the one thing that I love about Gen Z and that I'm, so I'm a mel- millennial, I'm like slightly towards the older millennial side. Um, but the thing that they do so well that we don't, um, boundaries, yes. <laughs> I think that is going to be so important for them when they're going into the workforce, because now millennials, we are these burnt out recovering perfectionists, uh, just the way that we were raised in society and the way that, you know, just all the things that we went through. Um, Gen Z, I think it's absolutely amazing that they're setting these boundaries. They're following their passions and they're, they will literally, I love it. Cause I see it on TikTok all the time. They will quit a job for no reason whatsoever. Literally. And, and they'll be like, nah, the boss talked to me the wrong way. I'm leaving right now. And I'm oh like, my gosh, I'm oh. watching my parents go through this and it's brutal. And I'm like, brutal. It, it's, it, I think it's going to be, that's the positive and negative. I think it's both True. a pro and a con. Um, because pro wise, they're not going to, they aren't going to tolerate a lot of BS that we tolerate. Yeah. Um, yep. But in the same sense, I'm like, this could also be harmful in that we sometimes when things get hard, we should still follow it through. Um, you know, there are times where you can't just up and quit and leave stuff. And I don't want to say that that's a generalization about the whole generation, but I could see that being an issue because of the instant gratification, the nature of their entire generation. It's always been instant, instant, instant. Whereas I remember a time without the internet. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds so weird and makes me sound like a boomer, but I'm like that instant gratification sometimes can be a hindrance, you know? So I think that's going to be the the positive and the negatives for them. Yeah. I think you're so right. You hit the nail on the head because in the way that I'm almost jealous of Gen Z for how sure they are of themselves, like very sure of themselves and their identity and their beliefs and their, their talking about their mental health. Like that's something that we didn't have we did not have those types of leaders as examples. Oh, what did we have? Absolutely. We had no. America's Next Top Model. <laughs> we had Lizzie McGuire. We yep. had um, that your whole life is supposed yep. to be a romantical, amazing, wonderful thing. And yeah. you go to this college and that gets you the job. Yep. Not, you don't just go get a job. You have to get yep. a job because of the degree oh, that you have. Yep. yep. And I think that, that it's nice to turn that on its head, but it's also kind of created a culture of like, oh, if I don't like this right here, right now, I don't have to do it right here, right now. And I don't have any, there's no reason for me to see this through. Yes. Yeah. That could be the hindrance there. And it's like, I, again, pros and cons of both in that aspect, but it's like, you know, sometimes we do have to see through the hard things. That's how I have a business because I was in the trenches for so long doing things that I absolutely hated doing. It shifted my mindset, shifted who I am and shifted my business into what it is today. And it's like the fruit. I don't think, I think what your Gen Z is going to have a leg up on us in that aspect is that they're going to get there faster. It's not going to take them the 10 years that it took me to get here. But I also think there's some lessons that you just got to learn the hard way, (laughs) unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I've worked that toxic marketing environment where beer cart Fridays, pizza, whatever, beanbags that cost more than my salary increase for the year. It shaped me as a person. It was totally 
don't get me wrong. It sucked in the moment. But I look back at that and I'm like, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through those things. So I think that's going to be interesting. You understand how the people that hired you thought that that's what you wanted. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right? Like you can see and you can see how their generation's like, oh, these millennials are so entitled. They want like, my dad says this all the time. Oh, you want your nap pod? Like he thinks that that's (laughs) ridiculous. He's like, we would never talk about our feelings at work. Like you. Like So pros and cons, but I think it does beg the question of like, where is that line in the sand of what's professional, what's unprofessional? Yeah. Like, is it professional for me to show up on a video call with my client with like in workout clothes, with my baseball cap on my dog running yeah. around in the background and like drinking a spindrift soda? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably no, yeah. probably no. But yeah. also my clients are showing up exactly that way as well. Yeah. So I think that just goes to show we're going to have to define what that is. I'm very much, my clients know, um, my followers know that I am always in, like right now I have workout gear from, from here down. That's what I'm in right now. And I'm like, that's the way I live. And I only wear jeans. Like even when I get up on stage and present, um, most of the time I'm in jeans and it's just like, so I think it's going to be interesting to see this level of professionalism shift in whatever ways, or for instance, my cursing. Um, I did get some recent feedback. I warned them ahead of time that I curse and I still kept it as PG 13 as I can. And still there was one old guy in the audience who didn't like the the fact that I said shit. And I was like, I was just copying a TikTok sound. So yeah. it's like things like that. It's well, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes for sure. It will be. I mean, I like to be cheeky about it because that's just my personality. Like my Facebook, the podcast is called kiss my aesthetic. It's yes. like a riff on kiss my ass. Yes, like exactly. that's what we're going for here. Yeah. So if that's going to piss you off, like, okay, I'm not like even, even yeah. my pop up on my website is like, let's see that aesthetic. And it's like the peach emoji. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Like, so I just good. went for it. And I yep. know that that probably turns people off, but like, yeah. is that kind of okay? Like, kind of, yeah. It is. I think so. Cause I'm like, you're either going to repel or attract your ideal audience. And that's what we want because that person that is going to be offended by the fact that I drop an F bomb, they will never purchase my high ticket offer. No, never. If that's and then they give them space yeah. and you're giving them space to go find somebody that they do align with yeah, that does exactly. like speak the way that they want them to speak. And, and ain't going to be me. Yeah. No, <laughs> not same. Yes. Oh my I gosh. Totally <laughs> no, we could talk about all this stuff for forever. We're already like 54 minutes in, which is yes. always crazy to me no, <laughs> how no. quickly it goes. Um, no. But we have to know because we're asking all the podcast guests in season two, uh, what makes your brand particularly brag worthy? Yeah. So for me, I think right now, what makes it brag worthy is the fact that I'm going through all these transitions that a lot of business owners are either currently going through or want to go through or have been through. And I'm talking about it. Um, You know, recently I've been putting out a lot of content. I was burnt out for six months and burnout is such, I don't know, a stir worthy word right now. And like people just associate it. And it's like, but I'm like, I'm going to talk about what actually happened, what I did and how I got through it and how I was feeling. And I think that's kind of how people are resonating with me right now that I'm I'm more than just this content strategist, that I am a human being. And while our businesses might be different, you're still going to be able to resonate with the things that I'm doing. I'm producing all this content for people to learn from. So I think that's what makes my brand brag worthy right now. So that's been that. super fun. If you asked me that a year ago, it, the answer would have been completely different, but I that's know. where I am now. <laughs> I know. That's the crazy yeah. thing. No, I'm kind of future tripping on the idea of knowing that I'll probably hit a burnout and then you work all this hard for what? 
Like we're working this hard. We're making all this money for what? Like, Mm -hmm. no thanks. So it's been perfect. My sister and I have totally teamed up where she's booking destination weddings and I go as her assistant. And I was like, great, we can work when we want to work and then we can not work when we don't want. But we're, I, I was messaging some of my, friend, my friends who are in the industry. I was like, oh, well, when I go on my sabbatical this summer, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're going on a sabbatical? And I was like, yes. that's what I'm calling it. That's yep. what I'm mentally training myself of yes. what it is. But tra- I'm traveling from May 21st to June 8th. New York, yeah. Paris, London, Amalfi Coast. Like, I'm not and have time. That's amazing. Oh, my God. And so I'm going to be like, yeah, this is my – I need to go be inspired. <laughs> <laughs> like write it off as inspiration, you know? Literally, <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that you think you do particularly well? And maybe what's one thing that you'd like to get better at? Maybe it's um, scheduling yourself a sabbatical. Yes, I was going to say, the thing that I do particularly well uh, recently is going to be um, – it's going to be a little cliche – video content. I have really yeah. started to find my – you know, obviously analytics go up and down, up and down, but I have found that I can really not only educate people on video content, but I've really started to find my power in my voice through video, which has been so fun. And it's not, it's not perfect. I know I'm not going to hit a million views. I know all these things, but that doesn't matter. And I'm like, I know that I'm transforming at least one person's life through my videos. And I think that that is something that I'm very, very good at. The thing that I need to get better at, um, I would say probably right now is learning how this kind of is more personal, learning how to rest adequately, you know, coming out of that burnout, I, I will literally schedule rest time for myself and I will go lay on the couch. I'll go lay in bed and rest, but my mind will keep going and it'll be like, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. You should be. And I'm like, that's not true rest. So I'm working on it. Uh, definitely in therapy for it. You know, we love a good mental health Mm check-in, but I'm like, that's definitely I'm working on it. I'm as I'm coming out of this burnout, I'm putting pen to paper and trying to figure it out, but it's still very hard. Very, very hard. Tuesday on the Peloton bike, doing the thing. Like, do it. I'm like, oh, I'm getting my workout. This is great. Just yep. got a Peloton. Um, listening to the song, I was like, oh my God, we need to use this song for a TikTok. And I reached yeah. over and I grabbed my phone and I messaged yeah. it to my team member. I was like, can you just bookmark this song so it can come? Because like yes. clearly my brain doesn't know how to like shut compartmentalize, off. Mm-hmm. which is both a superpower and an Achilles heel. It is a hundred percent. Absolutely. So that's my biggest thing right now and suggest entrepreneurs to do the same. And if you struggle yes. with it, uh, whatever your method is for me, it's journaling and therapy. If for you, it's meditation and affirmations, whatever that looks like for you. And that might sound woo, but there are some practical things in there because totally. rest is so important, especially if you're in the season that we're in. And I think you and I are around the same age as well, that we came from such a culture of this burnout, this perfectionism, uh-huh. this work until we die kind of girl thing. Boss. Yes, the, girl girl boss. Boss, the hustle culture. And I'm like, we need to come out of that. And it's so hard to reprogram your brain for sure. But or people ask you, uh, oh, how have you been? I'm busy. Why yes. is that, the go- Why is that no. an acceptable answer? That's not even an emotion either. No. <laughs> I'm like, how have you been is normally a, I'm great. I'm doing well. Right. No, busy. I'm like, busy. really? Yeah. yeah. But it's my question yeah. as well. I get it. Okay. Well, when you're not busy, when yes. you're relaxing and people want to find you, even in your downtime, yes. where can they find you, follow you, work with you, take advantage of some of these great products and memberships yes. and everything you've got going on? Yes, of course. So my biggest two places are going to be Instagram and TikTok. I am a creative co on TikTok, a underscore creative co on Instagram. I know we got to throw the underscore in there because somebody won't release the handle, but that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Um, and then, so right now I don't have too many offerings uh, other than my, I do have 
quite a few different products for social media managers. But if you guys want to head to my website or my YouTube, I have so many great resources for small business owners and we'll have more products coming out throughout the year. And I'm all booked up with one-on-one stuff. But again, just check back on my Instagram and you guys will stay tuned for when I launch and announce stuff there. So yeah, that's a Love that. Or just go back and binge all of our old stuff. Yes. I was like, there's so much good stuff in there. And yeah, I've been officially, the new one is YouTube. I've been doing it for exactly a year now. And I'm like, wow, trying to figure that part out, but there's some great content there. So yeah. Good. Oh, love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amber. It's so good as always. And I promise we won't wait a year again to have you back on the podcast. I know. I was like, I could do, listen, we can make this a weekly thing. You and I can vibe and talk forever. I'm game. I am game. I am game. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the episode, guys. Make sure you connect with Amber. See ya. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.